So is anybody excited for Avengers Endgame coming out April 26th? Anyone? Ready for another question. Is anyone just over superhero movies? Anyone over them? Okay. So here's the deal. I need to tell you something. I really hope, if you don't know what's happening, there's it's Avengers Endgame. It's supposed to be the end of an era that Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, that all these people, Scarlett Johansson, that all the actors have been playing them, that their contracts are ending, and maybe this is the last time they'll all be together. I don't want them to die, though. Because I'm okay if there's an Iron Man 4, 5, 12, who cares? I grew up with something called Land Before Time. And there was like 40 Land Before Times, and no one was ever upset. Anyone else grew up with this? I want Marvel to keep going because they're, they're crushing it. Um, so, but I, I love superhero movies. I love superheroes. I also, um, I don't know if you do this. Uh, when I leave, hi, Connor. When I leave superhero movies, I don't know if you feel this, but I want to be awesome. Like, I want to be a superhero. Like, there's like a good 30 seconds where I'm like, I'm going to go to the gym today, right? And you're like, I am bloated on popcorn. Not happening. Um, but you have those moments where uh, you, you're just, uh, you want to be you want to be super. We all kind of want to be that because superheroes are attractive. They're awesome. They kick butt. They have a strong sense of purpose. They have a really cool team. We all want to be superheroes, um, kind of deep down. At least I do when I leave the movies. Um, but here's what I want us to get tonight. I think sometimes we forget the origin stories. Sometimes we forget that superheroes, that they actually come from places of a lot of pain and a lot of mess. Captain Marvel, she lost her identity, didn't really know who she was. I'm not going to give away the movie if you haven't seen it yet. I've seen it twice. Um, she doesn't really know who she is, what memories are true. She has this crazy backstory I won't tell you about, but she starts in this place where she's just a mess. Spider-Man, uh, his, parents, his parents are gone, his uncle is murdered, and he's raised only by his aunt. Um, so he has this place of brokenness within his family. Superman, he's adopted after his home planet is destroyed. You think you have problems? His home planet, destroyed. <laughs> Iron Man, both of his parents are murdered. I'm not going to tell you how. Go watch the movie Civil War. Uh, the Hulk has anger issues. Luke Skywalker has daddy issues. <laughs> so we all have a mess. So... This is what I want you to get. We all want to be heroes, and we all want to be super, but none of us want pain. None of us want the mess. Um, but at the beginning of every story, there is mess and there is pain. Um, when I say the word mess, what do you guys think of? You think of Mexico. We'll come back to that. What do you think of? Dirty laundry? Anyone think of, anyone think of family when they think of mess? Or friend drama, anything a mess? Yeah. Or, or um, yeah, I don't know. Like, are there any other things that come to mind? Like your room, anyone's room just super messy right now? Yeah. So, here's the deal. I think there's a couple types of mess. There's outward mess, like maybe your room is messy. I experienced a lot of outward mess in my life recently. Part of that outward mess uh, comes from the way our trip in Mexico, which was an amazing trip, the way it ended. Our 12-passenger uh, our van broke down on the Mexico border. 
right on the border, right as we're in line about to go into the United States. Here's what we found out. The Mexico insurance that we bought wouldn't tow us over the border to the United States. And Joel's AAA would not come rescue us from Mexico to take us into the United States. So we are stuck. And so yes, we wave people down and they come to the side of the road and there's this really nice gentleman who's helping us out and he, apparently his whole family like works on cars and so they're uh, trying to help us. But actually before he got there, we tried to um, do some things on our own uh, with jump, jumping the car and um, we think things are going awesome. Okay, we, we connect everything. Uh, and then, and then this, this happens. <laughs> and you didn't, the video runs for like two minutes because I put it in my pocket. Um, so if you didn't see what happened, we, we, stuff happened, we're not really sure, but essentially we, we, I don't even know what they're called. The connectors, the the jumper cables, we burnt them. They're in my office if you want to come see them. They'll probably be a prize next week for someone who wins a game. Um, so anyways, you can get burnt jumper cables, yeah. Um, so we're just, we're stuck. If, I mean, the, the rest of it's kind of a story for another sermon, but we end up, the guy gives us a rope and we tow ourselves across the border. Uh, which becomes illegal when you get into the States. And then Will, Bacher, and I sat next to a convenience store, and then Vicky came and rescued us from Tecate, Mexico. Uh, so, because Vicky's AAA would, would take us 200 miles, and my AAA would take us into the forest. So she was great. It was awesome. Um, so I felt like a mess. Um, so there, there are these times in our life where we feel like just our life is kind of a mess, and there's external things. Like right now, I have all my clothes from Israel and Jordan and Germany and Mexico that I have not washed. And they are all in my closet. Yes, impressive that I have that many clothes. And it feels like a mess. Um, but, but here's the thing. Our outer world can sometimes be um, symptomatic, or, or our outer world can sometimes look like what our inner world looks like. Um, our inner world. So even for myself, like there, I have problems in the inner world of my heart. Right, where, where, um, where my soul and God's spirit, where, where those collide. Because there's times where, like, even right now, it's like I know that I should read the Bible more than I'm reading it right now. I know that. We just went down to Mexico, and I saw, um, I really felt like God was stirring things in my own heart, in, in our team's heart, where we feel like we should give more, and we should be more generous with our time and our resources. And I feel that. Um, and there are times when I just feel like, yeah, my inner world's a mess. Like, even for myself, I've been dealing with... Um, trying to navigate stress and, and new things of anxiety and just trying to navigate that in my own heart. And so there's times when our inner world can feel like it's um, a mess. Um, <laughs> I was even thinking, I was driving um, my car into the Orange Circle, and there was like, I don't know, like 100 bicyclists. And um, they make a ton of noise, like motorcycles. And I even had a thought. And the thought was, what would happen if I hit just one of them? <laughs> And then, you know, like the domino effect of the bicyclist, and then there'd be, I could sleep at night, right? Anyways, like I had, I had this thought. Has anyone ever, ever had these thoughts in your mind where it's like, I would never do that, but you entertain that thought, and you're like, no, 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 no. I would, what if I had just hit one bicyclist and then do, 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 do? Um, so what I'm trying to say is, um, so there's times where our inner world, where our thoughts, where our attitudes are just a mess, um, where that's happening. Um, do you guys resonate with any of this? Turn to someone and say, I'm pretty messy. 
Some of you might say, you might come to church, and you might say, you might hear a sermon, and you're like, and you might listen to a sermon, and you might be like, now I'm going to change, I'm going to be a better person, I'm no longer going to gossip, or I'm going to be nicer to my parents, or I'm not going to, I'm going to quit that addiction, or whatever, and you leave church, and you're like, yeah, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to change, I'm going to be awesome, superhero me, and then you get out, and what happens? Like, you totally forget. Um, or you'll have times where you're like, I really want to read the Bible. And you'll start with Genesis, and you love Genesis, and you get to, right, Exodus, it's great. And then you get to Leviticus. And then by, like, the third sacrifice on the third hill, you're like, mm. <laughs> I'm a vegetarian or whatever. Like, um, you get to that point. Um, or you might say, hey, I want to raise money. I want to raise money for World Vision. I want to care for people outside of myself. And the can hasn't left your car. It's literally just sitting there. You've done nothing with it. Or you haven't even grabbed a can because you're like, no one's going to see if I don't take one or whatever. Like, we have these intentions, um, but sometimes we just see that, like, us actually falling out with our faith is a mess. So, and it leaves a lot of us feeling like we're not very good Christians. Um, and if you've ever felt like you're not a very good Christian, like, I just can't do it. Every, I can't do all the things that Joel tells me to say. I can't do all the things that I want to do. If you ever feel that you're just a mess, you are so, uh, you fit so much in with us and with also scripture, uh, especially Paul. Um, his words are going to be on the screen. Paul, superhero, heavy hitter in the Christian faith. He says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I, what I hate, I do. You guys have ever resonated with that? Um, <laughs> for I know that God itself... Um, for I know that the good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. I want to do this, I want to, I, I, but I can't make it happen. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This is what I keep doing. Does this sound like any of your small groups? <laughs> right? Trying to change, trying to be different in every time, right? Um, the Bible is filled with your spiritual heroes that have, here's the thing, and I think it's my fault. Um, the Bible is filled with spiritual heroes who blow it, but you haven't heard about it because pastors haven't taught on it. Okay? So, like, like Noah. You guys know Noah, right? Okay? He, we all, Bruce Almighty, Evan Almighty, if you've seen that movie, he, like, is super faithful. We know him as building the ark, and, you know, all of his friends made fun of him, and he, he's a really faithful dude, you know, and, and it's awesome. And we look at him, and we're like, we, how could we ever be like Noah? But we miss the end of Noah's story, which, if you've anyone read the end of Noah's story, he gets drunk and naked. That's the end of his story. That's how the story ends. Okay? That was never on a flannel graph when I was in Sunday school, right? Never. And then Noah was faithful and got drunk and naked on the beach. Never happened, right? Here's the thing. There are things in Scripture. Actually, if you even look at, um, I don't want to spend... Too much time on this, but I need you to get this point. Even the disciples, we think the disciples, they're awesome, they're superheroes, they're heavy hitters, they're amazing. Just check this out. In Matthew 26, I'm just going to read some verses, um, just tell you some things that happened in these verses. In Matthew 26, here's how screwed up and messed up uh, the disciples are. In verse 15, one of Jesus' followers, the closest people to him, 
gets money to betray Jesus, okay? Has anyone in here ever done that? You might be like, oh, I didn't listen to him. He betrayed him. In verse 34, Jesus says um, that, that that night, every one of his disciples are going to abandon him. Verse 33, Peter's like, no, I'm not going to abandon you. A few verses later, he abandons him because a little girl asks him if he knows him, right? And then in verse 38, Peter, James, and John, um, like Jesus' closest followers, Jesus says, just stay awake, just stay awake. Jesus is bleeding, um, he's sweating blood, he's in the garden, he's about to get taken away and brutally murdered. And he says to his friends, please, just, just be with me, right? You're just like, hey, can you stay up online for like until 12 so I can talk to you about what happened today? Jesus is like, just stay awake. And they fall asleep. Um, verse 51, uh, a large crowd captures Jesus. Peter takes a sword and slashes one, one, of, um, the, one of the captor's ears. Which it reminds me of that point in Infinity War where like Thanos like uh, gets like the thing to the chest and it's like you should have gone for the head. I don't know what Peter was doing. Should have gone for the head. Went for the ear. Anyways, sorry. These are the things I think about when I'm reading. Um, classic Thor move, Peter. Um, but Peter, Peter is like I don't know if you've read the Bible, but Jesus is like love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. And what happens the moment there's a little bit of pushback and they're getting captured? Peter puts out the sword, and Jesus is like, no, 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 don't. See, the disciples, they forget. The disciples are messy. Um, if you feel like a mess, you're not alone in that mess. Um, Paul, um, Paul said this about his mess. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. Um, that it, scholars debate what that it is. It might be like a physical affliction that he had. Um, but there was something in Paul's life that was causing him weakness. Um, and he says this, but he, my grace is sufficient for you. So Jesus says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in my weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. It's only when you can get your arms around your own weaknesses that you can feel God's embrace on your life. It's only when you can grasp how much you're weak and you've blown it. And in that moment, you can feel the love and embrace of God. Um, and I'm not saying that, that God condones, um, like, you being messed up. Like, yay, we're going to celebrate because we all are terrible. Um, God loves you as he finds you. But there's hope. He doesn't just want to leave you as he finds you. Hebrews 10.10, 10. and by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Holiness is the goal, um, that we become more and more the people that God wants us to be. So does anyone know what the word holiness means? Set apart. Cool. Hey, we're about to enter into a one minute and 30 second theological conversation. And so if you feel like you're going to tune out, I want you to press in. Okay, here we go. Holiness means set apart. What do you set apart from? Over here, we have wickedness, crud, sin, Cats, terrible things, right over here, okay? Um, over here, we have, boom, we have righteousness, good, God, grace, all of that, all that here, goodness, okay? So your purpose in life is to be set apart from those things, because you've been set apart for a purpose that is this. Um, but if you are self-aware enough, you know that your life resembles a lot like this crud, right? Um, so th there's two things I want, two words I want you to get, um, Sanctification, everyone say sanctification. sanctification. It is the process of you becoming every single day more and more and more 
into the likeness of Jesus. More and more the person God made you to be. Um, there's two, two words here um, about sanctification. There's positional sanctification. This means when Jesus comes into your life, you are holy. You get to camp in Holy Land, which <laughs> that's literally where I was for, anyways. Okay, so you get to live here, not because of anything you've done, not because you didn't do drugs or you didn't be mean or you, I don't know, you started a Christian amusement park, which would be awesome and I would ride those rides. Not because of any of those things, but because of what Jesus has done. You are holy, perfect, blameless in his sight. This is where you live. This is who you are. This is your identity. You are holy. That is your position. But there's also progressive sanctification. And that's that although that's my identity, that's who I am, every day I'm living into what God already says about me. My character and lifestyle is in process of becoming holy. Uh, it's like, this is my example here. So if you were like, okay, that's the theological moment. You guys, we're out of it. Um, it's like a Polaroid camera. Um, we've been using Polaroid cameras. Have we taken anybody's picture in here? Um, we've been trying to take everyone's picture with the Polaroid camera because we want to, like, I have this thing on my wall. It's very fun where I put all your pictures, um, and I pray over you. It's not a creepy thing. I pray over you. <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, it's just a way for, for me to keep you guys um, in prayer. We care about you a lot. So if you see someone with a Polaroid camera, we're trying to take a picture so we can memorize your name because that's important, and we want your name and needs to be known. Um, but also just so um, we can pray for you. We are battling with you even when you're not here. Um, so anyways, a Polaroid camera, what you do is you take a picture with the camera. And then the little film comes out. And then you can just kind of sit it and put it under a book or something. But what do most people do? They shake it. They shake. Thank you. Put on wall after. They shake it. Um, so here, here's the illustration here. Um, when I was, I think, like four years old, um, I accepted Jesus into my life, and at that moment, I was given positional sanctification. I, I, I was his child. He had adopted me, and, and God, he loved me where he found me, but what if I had just stayed five-year-old Joel? That would be weird, right? Um, he saw me as he found me, but he wanted me to grow into the person that he created me to be. He wanted me to grow into Christ's likeness. And so he, he shook me in love. He shook me, right? And then, boom, and then you grow up in a little bit, and then that's Adam and me. And then I got a little bit older, and Jesus said, that's a tiger. Um, long story. So this is, this is like junior high Joel. And, and God looked at junior high Joel and said, and God probably looked at junior high all of you and was like, no, 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 no I'm not done with you. And so God shook you. And um, this is me working at Forest Home. And wow, oh, maybe, maybe, should I stop growing? Should I stop doing that? God looked at me and said, you're a mess. I'm going to keep loving you. And he shook me again. And he keeps doing that. And then this is when I got the job at Trinity. And that's cool. He's awesome. Is he complete? No, God keeps shaking me. And then, boom, I'm married. And then maybe I'm complete and I'm done. Am I fully sanctified? No. God keeps shaking me. And he shakes me into Christ's likeness. And eventually... Eventually, also, by the way, most people think Jesus actually looked like this. Um, true story. If you actually look at the ancient Near East context, Jesus was not white. That's a sermon for later. Um, but here's the deal. The goal is that over time, you are not the person. Thank God I am not the person that I was in junior high. Thank God I'm not him. 
but I'm continuing to grow into the person that God created me to be today. Here's the beautiful thing. If you're new to faith, if you're new to this thing, you don't need to try to be awesome to get in. We have this thing where we, we just started getting, we had a cleaning lady come to our house, which has never really happened. Uh, it's happened twice. And, and, and she came, and it was awesome. But here's the thing. Vicky and I, we cleaned our entire apartment to prepare for the cleaning lady to arrive. It was ridiculous. Does anyone, your family's making you do this? Here's the thing. When Jesus comes into your life, you do not, listen to me, listen to this. You do not need to clean up your crud before Jesus comes into your heart. That's not the way it works. Are you, are you tracking with this? See, for, for Christians, you all, you, maybe you've heard the, like the phrase, I heard it last week, that um, it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. And I get what that phrase is trying to mean. But really for Christians, it's about the destination. Because you have arrived. You are his. You've been given grace. You are perfect and blameless in his sight. You have arrived at the destination. You can't do anything else to earn or deserve it. And that destination now determines the journey. You have already arrived, and because you have arrived, you live out of that arrivalness. You, we, we're tracking. We're good. Um, Jesus, um, anyways, in 2 Corinthians, uh, Paul says this, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Um, so, he is making us more and more the people that he wants us to be. So I, you know, and this kind of actually frustrates me. Um, and it's hurt a lot of people in the church, and it's really hurt me and left me wounded that there are people who say, I have to get my crud together, and then I can come. I have to figure everything out. I got to get my doubts away. I have to cancel what, whatever subscriptions I have. I have to stop my addictions. I need to cut relationships before I can come to church or before I can be a Christian. That is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Jesus was accused of being friends with sinners and people who had blown it. Jesus actually was friends with, with, with people, and he, he thought that even, even them, even the people on the outside, even them could be holy. Um, so there's kind of three responses, and then we're going to go to some small groups. Three things that you can do to your messiness. The first thing is you can have, you have three little journeys. Spiritual apathy. Um, apathy means uh, you just don't care. Um, you can just settle for where you're at. And if you, if you feel like this is where you're at, we actually preached on this on Sunday. It's, uh, we talked about lukewarm Christians. Um, but some of you, maybe you have stuff in your life and in your heart, and you've tried to get better, and you feel like you just can't, and so you're just kind of giving up. And you're in this place where you're apathetic. Um, if you're apathetic, I just want to tell you, your life matters too much. Your purpose is too great. God's plan for your life is too good for you to just be apathetic and float. Like, like th your faith is going to impact your relationships, your trajectories, your wisdom, your dreams. Don't just become apathetic and coast. God has more for you. So you can be apathetic. The next thing is you can act and pretend. Um, and you, we talked about this in a sermon on hypocrisy a few weeks ago, and so you can go back and, again, plug in the podcast and, and listen to it, um, right? Those are the people that it's like, everything is amazing and life is great, and meanwhile, like, didn't they put down your puppy yesterday? And like, we, right? It's crazy. Like, people just pretend like everything is fine. Um, actually, more seriously, I grew up with a, a really, and I'll kind of probably end with around the story, um, there was a spiritual mentor in my life, and um, I thought he was great, and he 
had everything together, and he knew all the answers to every story in the Bible. And he, he never made a mistake. And um, I felt like I could never be like him. And I actually could never share it when I made mistakes. Did you know that pretending to be awesome can actually keep someone else from sharing that they're not? Um, and so there was someone like that in my life. And then there was another person in my life who was my counselor. And they shared about their mistakes. And I went to their house, and it was a mess inside. And they talked to me about past, a couple of like, past relationships that they had had that had blown up. And they talked about how they had found their identity in these different places. And just how this person talked to me. It was like, you know what? I'm following Jesus, but I'm not perfect. I'm broken. That was the person I wanted to share everything with. Um, let's stop spiritually acting like we have it all together. Because what we're doing is we're creating a character. A character that nobody can love. Like, and if we're real, then, then we can experience God's love. If we're real with our mess. The third thing, last thing, spiritual adventure. Spiritual adventure. Um, life is not just um, like walking through a park. It's like a construction zone. It's like an adventure. You are going, it's, you're going to mess up. You're gonna, turn to someone and say, it's okay to mess up. You are going to screw up. But here's the deal. When the Holy Spirit, so Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they're sitting up. This is terrible theology. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they're together. You accept Christ. The Holy Spirit gets sent into your life with blueprint plans. And the Holy Spirit will begin to build something, and it will be messy. Um, the Holy Spirit, I pray, I pray the Holy Spirit begins that tonight. Begins building something, even in the mess. Philippians 1.6 says, we're confident in this, the one that began a good work in you. The one that began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Um, that's the hope, that Jesus isn't done with you. We're not done with you. Don't be done with yourself. Don't let your mess be like the van, where because you're messy, like it all gets stalled out and you stay on the side of the fence. Well, I'm messy, so I'm just going to stay here when your purpose and God's love and all those things on the other side are on the other side of you just saying, I'm messy. I'm messy. Um, yeah, so it's okay to be messy. It's okay to, to, to own up and be honest. So um, as the worship band comes back up, really, uh, I think we have like one or two songs here. And for you, um, some of us, we can't really jump back into singing right now. I feel like it's okay if you just kind of sit and reflect on um, what are the areas of mess in your own heart, in your own life. Um, and maybe you've talked to a lot of people about those things, but maybe you haven't talked to God about them. Um, but just be honest. This is the point in hide-and-go-seek where people would all say, ollie, ollie, oxen free. Um, this is the point where Jesus is saying to you, come out of hiding. Come be free. Um, so, yeah. If you want to stand, if you want to sit, let's just spend this time worshiping, reflecting on where's our mess at, and how can we bring that to Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen.